0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is shadow work. What is shadow work? Now, I have a special guest, a very special guest who's going to join us. His name is Najee Lee. He is a spirit guide and a transformational life coach. Now, let me go ahead on and introduce... This very special person Najee tell us a little bit about yourself I gave a little brief very brief introduction but go ahead on and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing uh, before we get into the shadow work because this topic is very interesting and I'm sure you have a lot of information to share with us
1: I absolutely do hello everybody hello community this is spirit guide Najee I'm a board certified life coach and my main thing is to help help the chosen ones, the, the gifted ones, the people who have expanded consciousness, to help them break out of the mental prison so they can live life on their own terms. And I do this by helping them expand their self-awareness so they can heal trauma, stop trauma, and end karma. In a nutshell, everybody wants to live life on their own terms. They want the ability to increase their performance, their profits, their productivity, their courage, their competence, their confidence, their mood, their moment. We want to be able to do it. But we get stuck. We hit that glass ceiling. We feel like we're in a loop. My job is to help you discover those unconscious patterns that are keeping you stuck in a cycle and help you break free.
0: All right. Is there a website that you have if someone wants to contact you? You know, what is your personal information in terms of, you know, the website that you have that you can go ahead and share with the audience?
1: Yeah, for sure. So you guys can go to www.positivepatterns, patterns with an S, .org. So positivepatterns.org and my email if you have questions. Is Coach Najee, N A J E E, at PositivePatterns.org. So that's Coach Najee, N A J E E, at PositivePatterns.org and PositivePatterns.org for the website.
0: All right. Thank you so much for sharing that information because I'm sure there are many people out there who definitely need your services because you are a board certified life coach. And a lot of people may not really be aware of how important life coaching is. They may not be aware yet because where they are, you know, life coaching may not really be out there because some people just don't have access to certain information. But, you know, life coaching is definitely going to be the biggest thing. I mean, I personally believe that the field of psychology is going to change and it's going to diminish in a way. And life coaching is going to be what replaces the field of psychology. You know, I really feel that. But that's another podcast. That's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion, because I've I've seen your work. I've seen the people that you work with, and I've had the opportunity to hear you lecture, to hear you do personal consultations, and you do such an amazing job. You know, if if the majority of life coaches are like you, I mean, to be honest with you, hey, we don't need the fill of psychology anymore. Even <laughs> though I know that, you know, uh, life coaching incorporate a lot of psychological concepts you know, but the focus is on what? What's the main focus of life coaching? Just for the audience so they can have an idea.
1: For sure, so let's create a little distinction here. So psychiatry is about prescribing medicine and treating or slash caring mental illness or mental disease. And a psychologist is supposed to be able to work with a person who's in a deficit and they're dealing with a mental disorder or a mental disease. And th- that's not what, what life coaching is. Life coaching is working with somebody who is not in a deficit. This person is, is cognitively functional. They're rational. They're aware. They may feel stuck. They may feel blocked. But a, a life coach is basically helping a person become aware. Become aware of, of whatever blind spots that they have, whatever patterns that they, they're not aware of. And to see how those patterns are actually affecting the quality of their life. And giving them the tools and the strategies in order to shift the to, to shift what they're doing, how they're perceiving, how they're functioning, so they can uh, so they can function uh, better.
0: Okay, thank you for that clarification. When I said that I feel that like, uh, life coaching is going to replace us, <laughs> the feel of uh, psychology, to me, I was specifically relating to what you're saying because a lot of people are not out of touch with reality. A lot of people don't have psychosis. They're they're not delusional. They're not hallucinating. They don't have a a, um, psychotic problem. So so they're going to be mainly dealing with what we're going to talk about today, the shadow work, meaning that they have a lot of interpersonal issues and they have a lot of accumulated um, negativity that they have to, at some point, deal with. And they don't necessarily need a psychologists They really don't need a psychologist. A lot of people are going to a psychologist because they really want to talk and they're really trying to make sense of their lives. They're trying to find a sense of direction. They're trying to find a sense of purpose. They're trying to figure it all out. And, you know, if you have a life coach, you really don't need to go a psychologist for that. Now, if you have some type of emotional or mental health problem, that's a whole nother story. So I'm glad that you kind of, uh, you know, made the distinction because, you know, I don't want people to take that statement in a wrong way saying that we don't need psychologists anymore. But I feel like if you really just need to deal with yourself on an individual level, you're all about self growth, you're about personal development. You don't necessarily need a psychologist to help you do that.
1: Well, I'll chime in on that. So the, here's the thing. When we're we there's two well, three basic groups of people, or I, I would, those three basic groups of people, I would say there's, there's four categories. And there's people who are asleep, awake, aware, and aligned. So the person who is asleep, they have no idea of what's going on. They're pretty much on autopilot, doing the same things every day, day in, day out. Why? They don't have no idea. They're just doing it just because. It's what they know. The person who is uh, awake, they, they don't necess- they're not necessarily ready to make changes. However, something has happened in their life where change is unavoidable. So they're in a situation where they're being forced. They have to do something else. The pain is, go- is going to continue. And the person who is uh, aware, so we've got to sleep, awake, aware. When the person is aware, this person is willing to actually make changes in their life They're willing to put their money where their mouth is, they're willing to face their own self, and they're willing to take accountability and responsibility. And the person who is aligned is simply a person who has taken accountability and they're going to continue to do so. So a person who's going to go to a psychologist, who, who would probably need a psychologist's help, is a person who's asleep and a person who's just waking up. The person just has no idea how they function, they have no idea what's going on, they have no idea about their thoughts, emotions, and actions. They're, they've just been on autopilot for so long, they've been so disenfranchised and disassociated from their own body, mind, spirit. They just have no idea what's going on and, they, and they're in a deficit. So like I was saying, the psychologist and psychiatrist can work with somebody who is in a deficit. So let's just say, wrapping this up, the person has been, you know smoking, drinking, whatever, for X amount of years, beating their wife, this person is is in a deficit. And they they don't even think anything's wrong with what they're doing. Well, once they start to recognize, wait a minute, something's wrong, or a loved one tells them, you need to go get help or else, that's when they, 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 they go and they try to figure things out. So the people, a lot of people, they end up with a psychologist, and they may be, actually not in a deficit and then it, it may not be so a, a person who has a lot of issues not saying that there's anything wrong with that person in terms of their this person's a bad person for having issues we all have issues we're talking about a person who's uh who's going to go to a coach a person who who, who wants to take accountability they recognize there's issues and they want to co-be they want to be a co creative force in the solution So it's not me telling you what to do. I cannot prescribe you medicine and telling you what to do is not the answer. My job is to help you uh, become aware of the things that you are not conscious of and how those unconscious drivers are affecting the way that you function, ultimately your life. Okay, thank
0: you so much for that information. Now let's go ahead on and get to the heart of the conversation. We're talking about shadow work. Shadow work. Let me go ahead on and just kind of lay down a little bit of information before I start asking you some questions, okay? Now, basically, we all, at some point in our lives, has been exposed to some type of negativity because we do live in a dysfunctional society. Dysfunctional society, meaning that a lot of things that are going on in the society are pretty much Mm self-destructive. You know, they're pretty much setting us up, you know, to be exposed to things that are detrimental to our well-being. And because of these exposures, whether we're exposed to them directly or indirectly, we do suffer, okay? We do experience a certain degree of hardship, we're exposed to crisis, and we have a lot of personal challenges. Now, even go as far as some of us are traumatized, or should I say
1: most of us. 99% of people have some form of trauma, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, some form of trauma.
0: Exactly. So that trauma sometimes manifests in different ways, and of course we suffer a lot. You know, if when we experience trauma, at some point you know we experience some type of emotional pain, mental pain, spiritual pain, even as far as physical pain, because you know people experience what they call the psychosomatic illness because mm-hmm. the mind is messed up, is damaged. It affects the body. You know, it's like mind over matter. And so um, because of that, we can experience a lot of personal problems. Mm -hmm. And, And so those problems can definitely create a lot of inner turmoil and a lot of personal conflicts. Now... Can you go ahead on and kind of elaborate on some of the things that I'm saying as far as because we live in a negative society, because we are exposed to dysfunction, because we are traumatized for the most part, all those things create an inner conflict that's going to create problems for us. And that problem becomes the, 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 the shadow
1: self. Yes, absolutely. So with all my clients, the, the basis of, of the shadow work is to be able to discover the unconscious patterns. These unconscious patterns, these repressed desires, these unconscious habits, they get stored in a special compartment that uh, that Carl Jung calls the shadow. So imagine there's the person you've been programmed to be, who, which, is, which we can call the ego, and then there's the other, other part of yourself that, that, uh, that, uh, that's been disenfranchised. So let's just say, for example, right? Let's say there's a girl, she grew up Christian, and she's been taught that she needs to obey, she needs to submit, and she has to be a good girl. Well, guess what? All of her impulses to do the opposite go into the container called the shadow. And guess what? Just because she's been trained a certain way doesn't mean that she's not going to do it. Well, guess what? Those impulses to be a quote-unquote bad girl, those impulses to be free and liberated guess what? These things seek expression in unconscious ways. And when I say unconscious that well, the reason is not that she's completely unaware of what's going on, but by the time she does become aware, he or she becomes aware of what's going on, it's it's already happened. So these things happen in, in indirect fashions, and the urge uh, that, that this thing creates inside of us, it's so strong. And Oftentimes, we're, we're, we're so caught up in the moment, we don't know what's going on. So... Well, that's just giving a, a little, creating a little de- definition for uh, the shadow. Shadow is that compartment of the yucky stuff, the stuff that we sleep underneath the on, uh, underneath the rug. This is the skeletons in the closet. This is the, the inner demons. This is the things that we don't want to face. And shadow work is about being able to consciously face the things you do not want to face. And it goes, uh, it, it goes so far as. It's going to affect the quality of your life like like my mom always told me life's like a now now later candy you're gonna you're gonna pay now or you're gonna pay later so just because we keep we, we kick the can down the road and we got away with it for 10 years uh it doesn't uh doesn't change the fact that it's still there and uh to, to I'm gonna give you a, a very practical human example of quote-unquote shadow work by giving you a, a case study and this is for one of my one of my clients now what happened is that she uh, was seeing, uh, she had a, a quote unquote episode when she was younger. And when she was younger, they put her on, on meds. And they were saying, you know, you, you're bipolar, you're this. They gave her all these labels and they gave her all these meds. And they said, if you, if you have a baby, that's gonna be a problem and the once you go through the the you know you go you have the baby well guess what there's a chance that you're going to have a psychotic break and then you you might end up killing yourself and x they're telling they're giving her all this information i said okay and i said well did you have did you in fact have a baby she says yes i said okay did you go through all these things she says no i said okay but she wants to have a second baby and this fear is coming up inside of her and she's done a lot of a lot of inner work, and she did this inner work, she's telling me, I've done the inner work, I've made lots of changes, I said, okay, and she's like, well, you know, the the, the doctors are scaring me, and I said, well, let's go and review what's going on, I said, first, we've got to put what's happening into the proper uh, context, so we've we've got to take, shadow work takes the content of your life, and put it in the proper context, which is a storyline, it's a timeline of of, of rules and patterns of, of interactions. You did this, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, this led to this. So we can see the storyline as it progresses and as it evolves. So I said, okay, so what's what we're going to do? I said, we've well, got to be able to look at the past. What happened? And we had mapped it all out. Well, guess what? Doing the shadow work means uncovering some of those unconscious patterns. We found out she has a pattern of people pleasing other people. She has a pattern of self-neglecting. She has a pattern of overworking herself and not creating any type of balance and having no type of emotional boundaries. So we so what ended up happening, and before she got to this quote-unquote bipolar or, or breakdown moment, she was neglecting herself, giving all her time and all of her energy away. She wasn't taking care of herself. She was in the mental, emotional, physical lack, and then... Well, guess what's gonna happen? Once you do that for X amount of years, it's going to throw your hormones off. You can only abuse yourself for so long until something happens. Well, guess what? She, that something did happen. She had that, that quote unquote meltdown, that quote unquote breakdown. Okay, so now we have history. When we start to look at the lines of not necessarily of causation, but of causality. We're starting to recognize this person was abusing themselves, hurting themselves unconsciously. She didn't know she was doing these things. And she created a life where she was so much pressure, so much demand, so much focus on everyone else besides herself. Well, guess what? She had a breakdown. Most people would. So let's look at what happens. I say, okay, so you went to the system. They gave you a label and they gave you this medicine. And what did they do? And she put a Band-Aid on the problem. Okay, so now we start to recognize they gave her drugs. The drugs haven't changed and solved anything. They're just suppressing her nervous system. So she strategically got off all this medication. Well, guess what ends up happening? The the, cyst, the cyst, same system she's relying on to give her a solution gave her a band-aid. Well, guess what? Now the, the same system who was completely disregarding everything that she did to actually create this quote unquote break or bipolar moment. They're telling her they're not even looking at any changes that she's made. They're not questioning, trying to find out what has happened, what's different, how is she functioning differently, how is she perceiving different, how has she changed her thinking patterns, emotional patterns, feeling and behavioral patterns. They're simply going based off an of old diagnosis from the past, ignoring all the change she's made and giving her the exact same thing they told her years ago. So when we start to recognize the whole point of the story of me of saying that is this lady was... It, was li- trusting a, a, a group of people and who are just giving her a label based off her symptoms. And she's taking a pill, which is a band-aid, which doesn't resolve anything. And she's giving full faith, credit and trust to these people. And she's not, she wasn't trusting herself. She didn't recognize, wait a minute, I've done all this work and over it, over a decade. And I am not the same person. And, and what we wanted to do is to break it down. Well, what happens during pregnancy? Well, there's your body gets a whole release of hormones. Well, what do you think is going to happen if you've been abusing and neglecting yourself and your body releases a bunch of hormones? Yeah, you're going to go through a change. Yeah, something's going to happen. Of course, something's going to happen, especially if you're in a state of neglect. So when we're looking at this, the the quote-unquote doctors are telling her, hey, you know, this is going to happen as if it's 100% fact. And what they're saying is true. That is if she's made no changes whatsoever. That means if she was doing the exact same self modern neglect, the, the, exact, the same things that was causing her the internal suffering, the exact same thought patterns, yes, yes, what they're saying is true, if she's changed nothing, but she's changed her entire life. So the shadow work helped help us take the content of her life and we got to put it in the proper context. The proper context is she's no longer the same person, She's, she's, she's been changed, and radically changed, the way she thinks, the functions, the way everything about her and she's, the, the part, the shadow work part is that she's taking uh, this old belief that she's put into the doctors and she's, uh, she it's firing up again in her nervous system. So instead of feeling like the victor, she's feeling like the victim because she's enacting this old power dynamic of they know it all, I'm a nobody. I, I'm powerless. They're powerful, and this was an old dynamic that she that she's created in, in the past. So whether it doesn't, have, it doesn't matter if it was a psychologist, psychiatrist, it doesn't could have been anything, because of her people pleasing patterns. Her whole thing was I'm a nobody, and this other person I serve and I give to them because they're the powerful person. So we so what we got to do is identify that powerful dynamic that was that was influencing her perception of reality, be able to get her to question that and get her to be able to take the totality of reality of what she's actually did in a 10-year span and put it in the proper perspective. And and wrapping this up, what she recognized is that, wait a minute, I'm not the same person. I'm not people-pleasing like I used to. I'm not giving away my power like I used to 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 the people in my life. I'm not taking these medications. I've done all this work. Well, wait a minute, it doesn't make any sense. She got to come to the conclusion in her own mind it doesn't make sense. The only reason I'm even afraid about having uh, this other child is because the doctor said so, and because the doctor said so, I'm giving that opinion a lot of power, a lot of influence, and a lot of persuasion over my own thinking. And once she recognized that, she was like, "Hey, you know what? No, I I, I disagree." But so before she was feeling like a victim, she was feeling trapped, she was feeling uh, pretty much overwhelmed and out of control because. This old power dynamic of the doctor said it, therefore it is ironclad; therefore, it is the absolute, unref- unrefutable truth. So the shadow work helped her examine something that was invisible—an old power dynamic that she set up when, uh, oh, when, when she was a child. Okay. Wow, that's a
0: lot. That's a lot. Indeed. It's a lot of information. So um, basically, what I'm hearing now, and, and I'm sure if my audience was able to ask questions, you know, they would probably ask similar questions so basically there is a shadow self so the shadow self um, consists of or comprises of all the trauma that we've experienced the pain the suffering the low self-esteem any mental problems drug or alcohol addiction abuse exploitation, oppression any negative things that we've experienced does that create the shadow self
1: Yes, the the negative experiences they contribute to the shadow self. The shadow self is the sense of identity that is tied to all that. So you can imagine all the the pain, the suffering, the you know any type of addiction. Imagine that those those are the pieces. Uh, that's the outside of a ring, and the identity that's in the middle of that ring binds and ties everything together. So with the client, what we want to do because that shadow self operates on these. These very low vibrational patterns. Uh, the one, that, the first thing we do is we give the shadow a name. And the whole purpose of naming the shadow is so we don't keep saying me, 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 I, 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 I. We create a distinction, not a psychotic split. This is just a simple distinction of when you give this shadow a name, hey, this is Tiffany. And Tiffany thinks I'm a nobody. Tiffany says, blah, 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 blah. You're able to see the thinking patterns, the emotional patterns that. That, uh, that have gotten you into a certain situation. So, yes, the shadow embodies all of the pain and the suffering, and it, it, and it is formed through the trauma.
0: Okay, so would it be safe to say that the shadow self is the false ego? Yes.
1: Yes, it is very safe to say that.
0: All right, so the false ego is what we believe that we are or what we've told that we are and what we've learned through other people about ourselves. Like for the example that you gave about the client because uh, she was going through a very difficult time in her life and because you know she did have a certain negative pattern and so she was given a a mental diagnosis that she was bipolar and you know that became an identity for her instead of her seeing that as a mental problem or sickness some people see that as an identity And so that identity could be part of the false ego because by nature, naturally, when we take away the trauma, we take away the pain, the suffering, the low self-esteem, you know, any other type of problem that person might experience, that identity is not that of a person who has these problems because an identity is strictly who you are, not what has happened
1: to you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? All right, just to clarify just a little bit on that question because you said a lot. What, is, what, what exactly do you want me to answer? The part I want you to answer
0: is that the identity because the false ego is a false identity of who we think we are. Okay. Because when somebody gives us a diagnosis and say, well, you know, you're a drug addict, okay, you are bipolar or you're, you know, depressed or you're this, you're that. And, you know, we kind of take on those labels and we make it our own identity. We internalize it and say that experience is who we are instead of separating the experience from who we are so versus my my real self versus my false ego that which the false ego creates the shadow
1: self well well, we'll I'll go yes I want for clarity purposes we're going to say there's the ego and then the false ego is the shadow so false okay. ego shadow are just synonyms they're the same thing okay so the ego is the our part of ourself that we got conditioned to believe. And it's a it's a, it's a fragment. So the, the ego and the shadow, they're like two peas in the pot. And let's let's go this lady in this lady situation. She got conditioned when she was younger because she had a trauma. Her her mom died. Uh, I mean her grandma died. And she felt because of this trauma, she felt that hey, you know what? I'm alone. And because I'm alone. She came to the realization that I need to please other people in order for me to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Well, that became her, her main identity. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a person who's going to put other people first. Now, the other part of her is the shadow. That shadow is I don't have to put other people first. I can do what I want to do. And guess what ends up happening? Once we start to look at, we got to be able to look at how the problem, quote unquote problem she has served her during the coaching session we recognized when she had these quote-unquote psychotic breaks or bipolar breaks she got to feel powerful she got to feel in charge she got to stop focusing on everybody else and she got to focus on herself guess what when she's in the hospital people are rushing to give her all its attention so what we're starting to look at false ego slash shadow is one component the ego is another component they're, they're two halves mm-hmm. and, and, they, and they work together so what so what ends up happening is we have the, the the front man or the front person, the front personality, and then we've got the the, the the personality that's operating almost just uh, below below our threshold of awareness, and this is why it gets difficult because. So it's easy for us to recognize the first part. Okay, she's a people pleaser. Okay, all right, there she is. You know, She's running around. She's trying to derive worth from helping all these other people. That's one part. It's easy to, for everybody to, to kind of see. Mm-hmm. The other part, the shadow part slash false ego part, is the, 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 is the part that's utilizing the, the problem to feel powerful. That's the part that's more difficult to catch because when somebody sees it, We've been taught in the West just to give it a name or a label. You're bipolar, you're this, you're this, you're that, you're that. And then, guess what? That even the, 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 the whatever she's gone through becomes evidence that reaffirms that shadow. So the ego, the front personality, rejects it and say, that's not me, I'm not a bipolar, I'm a whatever. It has its own identity. Mm-hmm. But the shadow will absorb all all the, the, that, that negative stuff. So it, the shadow uh, will, will almost act like a cancer and a virus it will suck in everything and, and use all of it to, to propagate its own belief system. So the ego's the front person, the shadow is the, drive, the, the hidden drivers that are operating behind the scenes. Okay. So it's like a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type situation.
0: Okay, so everyone has a, a shadow self and a false ego, or only the people who experience trauma and other negative
1: things? Well, put it this way, almost 99% of people on the planet experience trauma, everybody has a shadow. Now it just depends upon well, what degree or intensity that shadow is operating. That's that's the main thing. So that the, so for some people, that that as, hidden aspect of themselves, which manifests as unconscious patterns and traits and behaviors, the, those people who go into to the, where it exacerbates and it becomes obvious, mm-hmm. we call that. A a mental health problem or a a mental issue or a spiritual issue where we can start when we can see it. When we can't see it, guess what? We just call it life.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. It's very interesting because people have different types of problems and they deal with it in a different way. So obviously, some people are going to manifest it in a way that people can notice that something is wrong. And then we have other people who can hide it very well. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Who can really sort of like. Uh, pretend in a way that they're okay but in reality they're suppressing you know that shadow self or they're hiding it what do you
1: want to say about that? Absolutely I mean the, 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 the shadow the, contains all these maladaptive patterns and these malignant patterns and guess what in certain industries it's a lot easier to hide it if you're a stockbroker they're expecting you to, to be a certain level, just have a certain level of pride, and a certain level level of egotism, and a certain level of quote unquote cutthroatness, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a cutthroat industry. I expect they can expect that person to be a little more demanding, a little more sadistic. Mm-hmm. If you're a doctor, you're expecting you to have this title and this ego. If you're a psychologist, you you tell people what to do. You're in a position of authority, so it's it's easy. To, uh, or let's just say it's a a, 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 um, a celebrity, Or yeah, uh, 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 actor singer it's almost expected for you to do drugs and have sex with a bunch of people and overeat and over drink and over smoke it's almost, it's almost like oh she's a celebrity this is what they do so it's it, in certain places it's a lot easier for this pain uh, this pain driven behavior to to manifest and, and people overlook it because society has said yeah that's okay so uh, so just uh, consolidating it let's just say this person is and they are in, they're a real estate agent and they they have a lot of money. Well, guess what? It's easy to 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 mask uh, a, a, their own dysfunction as I have to work. You know, I'm not on, on a consistent salary. I've got to be able to do 16 hours a day, and that overcompensation mm-hmm. can can be can, uh, can can be utilized, and and, and it can be, we're actually working to their own detriment. But guess what? Most people are not going to be able to catch it. And notice it because in, in this type of situation, it's it easily masked because it's acceptable. He's, you know, he doesn't have a steady income. He can mm-hmm. work, 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 and well, he's he's a man, or he's she's the main provider to head a household, and that's what they're supposed to do. So it's, uh, if we're not looking deeper, we're not going to be able to see it, to see this thing actually manifesting.
0: Okay, so basically, a lot of the socially acceptable behavior you would consider it negative or part of the false ego. Is that basically what you're saying? A lot of societal behaviors that's acceptable, such as, you know, the, the, the being egotistical, like you said, being uh, very uh, shallow or vain or materialistic. These things that, you know, are de- could definitely be part of the shadow self or could be shadow driven we normalize them in a the society. Yes. We act like, you know, those things are okay. And even expect it, like you said, in certain fields, uh, especially people who are in a position of leadership or who have power or who have authority, we expect them to be egotistical. We expect them. So, you know, what we're expecting them is really to be operating from the shadow self, the false ego, instead of really being themselves in terms of that aspect of themselves, you know, that may be more healthier. Absolutely. All right, so another question I have is that uh, um, intergenerational trauma, okay? How does intergenerational trauma create the shadow self or affects the shadow work?
1: All right, so when we're talking about intergenerational trauma, we want to think about this like a cake. There's layers to the cake. Now imagine, instead of it being sweet, delicious goodness, this is a bunch of sludge, toxic poop, doo-doo, and a whole bunch of poison. So imagine if someone's nervous system, their physical body, is holding all the memory for things that we do. So the way we wanna think about this, a shadow is operating on, on the low frequency band of where whatever we're doing is automatic and unconscious. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing we gotta think about. So imagine if your, nervous, your mom's nervous system is messed up and you were inside her womb, and guess what? She came from her mom and her mom and her mom and her mom and her mom and, her mom and, her mom and, her mom and they all have very similar patterns. So what happens is it's very easy for us to be predisposed to certain type of maladaptive behaviors. So let's say if your mom's obese, your dad's obese, guess what? More likely you're going to end up having an eating problem or a drinking problem or whatever. So what ends up happening is intergenerational trauma locks in the same trauma. It acts like a signal repeater for a Wi-Fi. It re-strengthens that energetic signature or that vice or that sin or whatever, whatever language terminology we'd like to use that pattern gets reinforced. So it's just a lot easier because you've been predisposed to it and it's gotten strengthened. So it's very e- it's easier for us to be able to, 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 to act upon it.
0: Okay, so uh, would you venture out to say that a lot of people are suffering subconsciously from a lot of intergenerational trauma uh, and those things are part of their shadow self and they may not even be aware You know why they're doing the things that they're doing. Why they're feeling the things that they're feeling. Why, you know, are they reacting in
1: certain ways? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we know there's cellular memory, there's genetic memory. So one, we recognize this. Anything that has been strengthened over and over and over again. And we've got we want to think about this. During certain periods in history, certain things were done for survival reasons. So let's just use an example in terms of incest. This was a, a, a slave on the plantation, and this person was a breeder, right? This was their job. And if they didn't do this, they would be hurt or eventually die. Well, guess what? They're, they've got to participate in this act, and that get, get locked in. And this breeder, who's, whose job is to breed, creates a child, and that child becomes a breeder. And guess what? This, this behavior, this mindset gets locked in. hmm or we see somebody who's born into, a, into a, a house of crime. They're born into organized crime, a mafia, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. This person is taught certain mindsets. They're taught certain behaviors. They grow their entire, they get conditioned a certain way. And that conditioning gets reinforced, and then it gets expressed. So the, in a lot of the, the the shadow self, yes, absolutely, is, it's know, part of is, of, is a lot the largest part is isn't intergenerational trauma because if you that's like that's like uh the inter, inter, intergenerational trauma is like uh, a, a semi-truck an 18-wheeler that has like 15 gas tanks your little one gas tank if that goes empty you know all right you can fill that up right it may cost you 60 bucks you have a bunch of tanks now you're going 300 400 500 sometimes a thousand dollars to fill this tank up so imagine if it takes a lot to fill that tank up. Well, guess what? That tank, imagine that tank has been getting constantly refilled through generations mm-hmm. for, you know, for, for 100 years, 200 years, 500 years. Uh, some, a lot of times the, the, these traumatic behaviors, these maladaptive strategies are embedded in the culture. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about in Cuba, Venezuela, whatever, the machisto mentality That the the mentality that a woman is less than and a man is is better and he gets to do anything. This mentality is literally embedded in the culture and is reinforced. And a lot of people don't even know they're doing it. They're just functioning and whatever they're doing, saying, being, is literally just happening almost unconsciously. And society says, yes, you can do this. Yes, you have permission. Yes, this is acceptable. And and it's, it's just something that people don't even question. Matter of fact, a lot of people will even defend it because... Well, where do you get it from? What, have you ever thought about why you're doing it? Oh no my dad did it my, my, my grandma did it, I, that's just the way it is Absolutely, absolutely so we
0: have a lot of personal issues, a lot of self-destructive behaviors or negative patterns or negative coping skills, bad habits irrational thoughts, those things are learned behavior so if we are learning these things we're unconsciously learning these things, we're not even aware consciously that we are picking things up and we're automatically doing it and so therefore we are actually building you know, our shadow selves, we're actually creating our shadow selves because of these learned behaviors, negative, I should be more specific, mm-hmm. negative learned behaviors and intergenerational uh, trauma, we're creating building our shadow self and we're not even aware of it
1: They were feeding it. We're feeding it. Yep, and the the, the culture also feeds it as well.
0: Okay, so basically all these things, you know, can cause us to develop severe emotional, mental, and spiritual problems. But some of us don't want to confront these painful feelings because of the distress or discomfort that we may experience on a conscious level. So the question is, now how do we start to address our uh, shadow self, or even acknowledge that our shadow self exists? That's the first part of the question. The other part I'm gonna ask you, how do we start to commence, or how do we initiate the shadow work? But answer the first part is, how do we even begin to acknowledge that there is a shadow self that even exists?
1: Okay, well, here's, here's the easy way. We recognize for most of us, there is a voice inside of our head that's been there since where we've been a child that tells us to do things. Once we uh, come to terms with that, we start to recognize the, where we want to put on a scale, zero to 100%. How negative is this voice? How, how, how much does this voice stress us off and cause us pain and suffering and torment us? Zero to 100%. It's the first thing we gotta ask ourselves. It's the first question. Once we recognize there's a voice in our head that's beating us up, judging us, telling us all extra things, right? Mm -hmm. Then we can say, wait a minute, there's this voice that tells me to do things, and I listen to this voice, and what ends up happening? I, I end up hurting myself. So that's the first step, recognizing that it's been there for a long time. You call it whatever you call it. Maybe you don't call it. Maybe you act like it's not you. Maybe who knows what's going on, but it's there. Once you do that, then we can give it a name. And once you give it a name, you can call it whatever you want to call it, a lot of people that use a lot of nasty language, I say, it's better to be to, to use a, a softer human name just to, so you're, you're not reinforcing the negative because the whole point is that you don't want to shame it and blame it. You want to be able to comprehend what it is, why is it doing what it's doing. Once we're able to recognize this thing, then we're, then we're able to say, okay, well, wait a minute. What is this thing telling us to do? And we want to simply look at the pattern. So to get to answer the second question, how do we commence it? First, we've got to be able to recognize what areas in my life am I suffering? What areas in my life does this voice have the most commentary about? What things have I been doing based upon what this voice has been telling me to do? And what has my results been? And part of it is just being able to write it down. If you write it down and it just said, I said, I said, I said, I said, I said, I said then it's very difficult to separate and see what's going on and depersonalize it. So when we give it a name, it's easier to depersonalize. Rebecca told me to do, when it comes to relationships, I do this, and what happens? I, I suffer, Rebecca told me, to when I feel pain, I do this, and what, what's the result? Rebecca told me, when it comes to my mom and my dad, it, once we see this, then we can start to see this as an interaction. When we see it as an interaction, guess what? It becomes a lot more human. Now we're able to see a pattern, versus I said this, I said that, I said this, I say this when it comes to relationships because it's, it's hard for us to be able to see things objectively without judgment. So it's a lot easier to, to, to judge ourselves and other people, right? We're, all, we're our own worst critics. So when we are able to recognize that voice in our head, telling us to do stuff, getting us to agree with it, once we recognize it's been there for a long time, if it's not a voice, it becomes a movie that plays out. If it's not a movie, it's a feeling in the body that suggests and implies indirectly a course of action. So once we start to recognize how this thing is, it's there and it's communicating with us all the time, then we can be able to just write it down just so we can see it. And the first part is being able to accept and identify. Once we identify, it's there and I accept it. And this thing, it's not actually really wholesome. Matter of fact, when I listen to it, I get myself into a lot of trouble. Matter of fact, there's some consequences. Once we're able to recognize this thing is happening, now we're no longer in the now. Like they say, the truth will set us free. and Set us free from what? A lie. So once we start to, uh, to recognize something's going on beneath the surface and we don't have to judge ourselves, then we can start to change it. So I don't know if you've ever heard the quote, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't talk back. Yes, i heard that. It doesn't make any sense. Because mm-hmm. that voice is always talking back to you. It's always, as a matter of fact, telling you what to do. And the easiest way to detect it, nine times out of 10, uh, when, it's, when this voice is interfacing with you, interacting with you, it's suggesting something. Most times it's a suggestion. Sometimes it's a, a, a direct command, other times it's it's suggesting something and implying something it's indirect in it's indirect communication so you want to be able to look out well when I feel upset what does this thing suggest I do and you just want to start to be able to identify it once you're able to identify it then then you can start say okay it's happening and you just stop there don't try to figure it out because most people they want to make too much change too fast too soon they want to they want to resolve it like they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. So being able to do this is a lifetime worth of work. If there are some things that your grandma did, and your great-grandma did, some things that have gone down the family, uh, family lineage, part of it is recognizing that my nervous system has been compromised. My nervous system has been trained. It's been conditioned. It's been programmed. So once you start to recognize that, once you start to recognize that, then guess what? Mm-hmm. that's when you're able to change it. I don't know if you know that the term. People say there's it's intergenerational curses. Yes. So I'm like, my, certain families have a curse of denial. Other ones have incest. Other ones have you know crime. Other ones have drinking. Other ones have eating. Other, whatever. Mm-hmm. And these, these uh, intergen, inter, intergenerational curses are really traumas. These are really these maladaptive strategies and behaviors that have been passed on. And a lot of times, you know, families are brought into this. They're, they're, they're taught this. Now, imagine so a family that grew up making moonshine, make, making alcohol, right? Guess what? If they have a problem, it's easier, it's a lot easier for them to get high on their own supply. <laughs> this is a lot easier. If a family has a bakery, this is a lot easier for them to, to go and overeat. if a family is born to politics it's very easy for this person to go towards manipulation, power, and control Mm -hmm, Absolutely, it just makes it easier if you own a tobacco farm you're going to be smoking it's just easier so when we trace these things back it doesn't mean that's going to be your your poison or vice of choice it's just saying just just put it into the proper context it just makes it easier for us to mask it and if somebody in the past masked it and they've never dealt with it then guess what, 9 times out of 10 you're doing the same thing you can't change what you don't know. Mm -hmm. If you don't even know you're doing it, then nine times of ten, you don't know you're doing it, and it's hard to change it. Okay. Now, I'm
0: going to kind of go a little off topic a little bit. Go for it. Um, The way that you're speaking about, or the way that we identify the shadow self, and... um, the way that that we identify it, it seems to be as if that is having a life of its own. It seems as if it's a sort of like a spiritual attachment because someone would say, well, you're giving it a distinct personality or you're giving it a distinct identity. You're giving it a, a voice, you know, you're giving it power. So would it be that someone would say that this is sort of like uh, like a spiritual possession, or you say the shadow self, or it's like a spiritual attachment. I mean, I'm kind of going, you know, to another topic here. Not really. This
1: yeah. is uh, it goes hand in hand. So the first thing when people say, oh, "Aren't I giving it, giving it, you know, life?" No, it's already it's already been there. <laughs> You're just putting a name on it to identify it. So that's the first that's the first thing we want to recognize. The first thing is that it's already been there. You're not giving it anything no more than you've already given to it because Guess what? That voice you've been listening to it since what? Fifth grade, fourth grade, third grade. You've been doing this for a long time. So if you're 30, what? It's been it's been at least two decades. So you're not creating no entity. It's already there. Now, the thing we want to be able to recognize, and this is very interesting that you said it, is that the spirits, entities, they do they they the way they they get into the system is through the shadow. Okay. So you wanna imagine the the, the the shadow is the weak, the weakest link here so we want to think about ourselves as a trifold being there's the original consciousness there's who you are the spirit the soul if you want to say it called the soul there's the soul there's the ego there's who you've been trained to be this is the front personality and then there's the disassociated from aspects of the self the parts of the self that have been cut off from us which become the shadow once we recognize this, we start to recognize that the shadow, we want to think, of, think about the shadow, it operates at a certain frequency band. When I say frequency band, we want to think in just in terms of colors. So red is the slowest, lowest frequency band, and purple is the highest. When we start to recognize this, that the, the shadow is the weak link here. And the shadow is operating at red, it's, uh, at the red frequency band. It's operating at the, at the lowest frequency band, uh, well, in terms of the light spectrum. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. Part of this takes us into the realm of spirits. What is a spirit? That's the first thing we got to ask ourselves. Well, a spirit is an intelligence. This intelligence, it knows how to affect energy. And this spirit that affects energy, it operates on a very clear pattern. We want to be able to take the spookiness out of it. So there is an intelligence. We can think about it almost like an AI an artificial intelligence, if you want to call it a spirit, an AI, whatever, it's an intelligence that operates on a very specific type of energy that gets a very specific pattern. So if we're gonna talk about the spirit or the intelligence of greed, greed follows a very specific path. This intelligence is going to use, is going to have you hoard or accumulate things. If we're talking about the spirit or the AI of gluttony, it's going to have you consume things. We're going to talk about the spirit of wrath. This thing wants you to be right, and you punish people. If we're talking about the, 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 the intelligence of sloth. It's going to. It has a very particular function. So when we're recognizing this, if we don't want to use the word spirit. We don't want to use the word uh, uh, AI. Guess what? We can use the word archetype. This is our basic prim- primordial low vibrational energy patterns. These energy patterns. Well, guess what? These things have. Uh, somewhat of a life of their own. Once we start to recognize that, that these things don't aren't really, uh, well, the reason for somebody calls it a demon or a negative spirit, this thing is locked into a certain functioning. So you can just kind of think about it like a negative robot or a negative pattern. It does the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no real change that's happening here. There's no real organic life that's happening other than consume or do this or do that. You're just following the pattern. And once we're able to, to recognize this, these spirits work on the, 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 the basic uh, principle of the law of attraction. The law of attraction, the simple principle is whatever level you vibrate on, you're going to attract what's like energy is going to attract like energy. Exactly. So once we start to, to recognize that, if you if the part the shadow part, it mm-hmm. feels hurt, it's in pain, low vibrational energy, mm-hmm. and it wants to overcompensate through through smoking, through eating, through drinking. Now we're, op- we're in alignment with the intelligence or the archetype of gluttony. Gluttony is gonna work on a very particular pattern. I'm going to consume things to get a benefit. Mm-hmm. That benefit is going to be temporary. And guess what? I'm gonna go back into pain because mm-hmm. it's not gonna work for real. It's not gonna solve the problem. And guess what? I'm going to go back into, into gluttony again. So what happens is we end up becoming reliant on these maladaptive strategies to get things done. And when we're we're looking at this, we start to recognize that this entity, this energy, the spirit, this demon, this thing influences us because remember, it's it's simply just uh, a, a form of intelligent energy, low vibrational intelligent energy that operates on a very specific pattern. Once we know that and we recognize the shadow is... This energy container of low vibrational energy that is in match with this other low vibrational energy. Mm-hmm. Now it's an alignment. So the parasite or slash spirit interfaces with the shadow. Shadow speaks to the ego, and guess what? You think you're the ego. You think you're you're this this thing, and guess what? You end up being manipulated. So that's how we have these spiritual entities. Uh, uh, getting into a person's auric field. Hmm. the person's org field, the the shadow. Remember, the shadow and the ego are are two peas in the pod. They're, they're, they they work hand in hand. One is the front person. This is like the, the shadow. The shadow is the roots, and the ego is the tree. So they they're not. You, we can't separate them because they're two containers. Is it the
0: ego or the false ego?
1: False ego is the shadow. Okay. Gotcha. The Ego is just who we've been trained and programmed to be. So we won't, let's go back to it. The the girl who's raised in church, she's her ego. This is her traditional programming. She's been trained to be a good girl. Her urges to be, to be spontaneous are pushed into the shadow. Her urge to be sexually liberated pushed into the shadow because she says you can't do this. This front personality, she cannot do these things because that's a sin. She cannot think this, cannot feel this. She can all these things that she's experiencing, she are being pushed into the dark part of her mind. And because these things are, are these thoughts, emotions, actions, whatever, all based on energy, what just because you buried it and push it away doesn't make it go away. Mm-hmm. So when it goes into this compartment, you have to imagine what happens. You have an, uh, your, your whole entity, your whole self. And then through our conditioning, someone says, you can't feel this. You can't experience this. You can't do this. You can't think this. Well, guess what? All these things are in one container. And when we examine the content of that container, that container is going to have a bunch of thoughts, a bunch of emotions, a bunch of actions, a, 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 a bunch of perceptions. And these are all the things that you were told you cannot do. Well, guess what? It's going to manifest and pop up. Mm-hmm. So once we are starting to, to look at this, the, the, the shadow just, is just a reservoir. So imagine if you were told you can't have a good time, you can't have sex, you can't whatever. Guess what? That person, shadow, is going to become lustful if that's the energy that's in there, and which is going to put you in in this energetic uh, uh, alignment with the spirit of lust.
0: Okay, wow. You said so much. Wow, it's a whole lot of information. And I hope people can follow and process. Maybe they have to go back and rewind and kind of, you know, take their time to kind of break it down piece by piece. So how about irrational thoughts and intrusive thoughts? Would you say that, you know, the shadow... Can consist of or can be created by irrational thoughts and
1: intrusive thoughts. Absolutely. The thing about the shadow, we want we want to remember: the shadow is feeding off all this low vibrational energy, not just from other people's, but within ourselves. And we want to re- we want to remember that we, when we experience trauma, the shadow can feed on our traumatic memory as well. It can draw energy from the traumatic memory. So, in the traumatic memory there's something very specific that's happening. The, everything that, 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 that's in a traumatic memory doesn't have to quote unquote make logical sense. It, it can make emotional sense. So a lot of times we say things, and we, we say things, think things, feel things that, have, that really have no basis in reality. They just feel right. We think it is so, therefore we act as if it's so. So we want to be able to, to, to once we're able to recognize that, yes, the shadow contains a lot of the pain, now, if you're in pain and, and you have a thought, that thought is going to be distorted. It's going to be augmented. It's not It's, it's not just a completely logical, rational thought without some type of negative emotional influence uh, mixed in there. So you def- these irrational thoughts, we, we got to be able to recognize that they, they, they definitely can originate from the shadow.
0: Okay. So... Just to kind of wrap it up because, I mean, this this subject is so deep, the shadow self and shadow work. Yeah. We probably could do four or five podcasts and still really don't really, you know, uh, give out uh, most of the information that we have on it. Now, uh, as far as uh, the shadow self, you, you, you think that it, it uh, accumulates a lot of toxic emotions, a lot of dysfunctional behavior, a lot of anxiety and um,
1: uh, phobias well it is it's the container for all those things okay so and when we're when we're talking about anxiety anxiety is is, is simply a label for what what's occurring inside of a nervous system mm-hmm. so the shadow is producing this this negative nervous system stimulation and what we're interpreting as anxiety is actually the shadow uh, messing with the nervous system
0: Okay, now for us to wrap it up because we have less than five minutes. So when when do we need to seek help or deep healing uh, because of the shadow self? I mean, I'm sure that, like you said, all of us have a shadow self. All of us have to do some type of shadow work. But when do certain people have to really make it a sense of urgency to seek help? When, when does it get out of control?
1: When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired when that thing is affecting your, your peace, your performance, your, your profits, your productivity, when it's affecting your mind, your mood, your moment, when it's affecting your courage, your competence, your, your, your ability to live life on your own terms, when that voice in your head is bullying you around and you feel like a prisoner in your own mind, yep, you definitely need to do something. Well, you don't need to, you choose, you definitely can choose to do something. Okay,
0: now very briefly, what are some of the things that can be done to help us do the shadow work? I mean, I know, you know, our time is limited, but try, you know, you have the rest of the time to pretty much like about three or four minutes to tell us what can we do? Because a lot of people are suffering. A lot of people are having so much inner conflict. You know, some people feel like they're going crazy. Some people cannot quiet their inner voice. Not that they're psychotic and they're out of touch with reality, but they just have these issues that they just need to resolve. What can they do to to deal with the, the, the shadow self and do the shadow
1: work? Well, first, recognize that this is common, It's happening to everybody on the planet. Just, uh, it's just varying in intensity. Second is becoming self-aware. Self-awareness is the master key that's going to set you free. Write it down, give it a name, learn how to interface with it. The best thing you can do is just gather information on it. If you don't have no idea what it is, if you've gone 20, 30, 40 years, you're not going to change it overnight, and, and, and that's okay. The whole point is to gain information. Once you start to gain information, then it's gonna shift you into the, a position of power. Once you're in that position of power, now you're curious, now you have more information. So instead of you feeling like an out of control victim, now you say, wait a minute, his name is Aaron. Aaron tells affects my relationships, he affects my mom, he affects uh, me when it comes to food, it affects me and my sex life, and my confidence. Boom, that's a completely different conversation you're having with yourself versus i just feel totally out of control so self becoming self-aware developing basic self-awareness skills you can go on youtube you can go on google to learn this this is the the place learning how to become self-aware is going to be the master key to set you free all
0: right thank you so much i really do appreciate our conversation naji lee And one more time, please give us your contact information. So people who want life coaching services or they want, you also do coaching to the tarot cards and you also provide other services. So please, you know, give us again your website or or, or contact information.
1: Yes, website is positivepatterns.org, positivepatterns.org and email Coach Najee. So Najee is N-A-J-E-E, Coach Najee at positivepatterns.org. And yes, I'm a board certified life coach, specialize in shadow work, and I also do uh, tarot readings for self-awareness. No future, no fortune, and no lot of numbers.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Najee Lee. And I am so glad to get this information out because a lot of people are suffering, and we all about personal growth and development. Please start your shadow work. Thank you.